Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Hi, and welcome to Talking Timber. I'm your host, Diane Mettler, and the Executive Director of Pacific Logging Congress. This week, we are speaking to Preston Green. He's a cut-to-length operations specialist with Miller Timber Services in Oregon. First off, we want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation, whose mission is to support sound technical education about the forest industry. If you don't know about these two great organizations, please check them out online, www.pacificloggingcongress.org and pacificforestfoundation.org. The Pacific Forest Foundation offers thousands of dollars in scholarships each year. If you or someone you know is studying in a forest-related field, you can apply now through May 1st. Just visit pacificforestfoundation.org. Okay, now on to this week's episode. We will pick up with Preston Green about how he got into the industry. My first forestry experience was in college at OSU. Um, I decided to enroll in a couple of forestry classes my freshman year um, because I was essentially the equivalent of an undeclared engineering major. So I wanted to find uh, an engineering major that I enjoyed and forestry was was one that I took a, an early interest in. So uh, I enrolled in forest engineering classes and, and really enjoyed that. It related well to the previous experience and the and the recreating that I had done outdoors as a as a younger person and I enjoyed the the engineering aspect that that went into all of that so I essentially found forest engineering early on at OSU and never looked back oh that's great so you went on and got a master's is that correct Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, my interest and passion for engineering aspects and forestry didn't end. Uh, it only grew more so as I progressed through uh, my undergraduate years. And by about my junior year, I started to become really interested in steep slope harvesting technology and uh, decided to stick around at OSU for a few more years and do a Master of Science in Sustainable Forest Management with a focus on the economic and environmental impacts of steep slope harvesting systems, as well as uh, I did an MBA in the College of Business. So I double dipped and, and stuck around for a few more years um, and uh, had uh, and really enjoyed my time in grad school. So this has led to a job now with, I understand, Miller Timber in Oregon, correct? Yes. Yeah. I work for Miller Timber Services. We are based out of Lomath, Oregon, although we work all over the West Coast and depending on what division, um, it could be all over the country. So uh, yeah, we're, we're based here in Western Oregon and um, I work primarily on our cut to length harvesting side as kind of an operations manager. So I oversee uh, harvesting teams for our cut to length systems as well as I deal with a lot of uh, technological projects, both on our harvesting side, as well as our operational management side that help keep us uh, up to date on, on what's going on with our current operations and try and get us more efficient and maximizing uh, our time and resources. So uh, maybe you can explain what a typical day might look like for you? Well, yeah, uh, I've come to learn that there is no typical day for me. Uh, everything or, or no 
no day goes exactly as planned. Um, there's always something that comes up that kind of changes what I'm doing or, or just, um, you know, just has an impact and, and takes things in a different direction, which I love. Um, I love having a job that where I'm not doing the same thing every day, but there's a lot of variation and, and uh, cause that keeps it exciting. There's always something going on, but I'm looking at our harvesting sites, uh, either yeah. on the ground and getting a plan together and maintaining that plan for harvesting and trucking. Um, or I'm going out and looking at future work uh, for a variety of different landowners, or I'm doing some of the uh, technology-based projects that uh, maximize efficiency for our operations and keep us moving in the right direction there. Ah, great. So Miller Timber is a pretty big um, operation and company. Can you kind of explain a little bit about them? And Yeah. Yeah, we're based in Flomouth, Oregon. Um, we, the company was started in the 80s uh, here in Western Oregon, and Lee Miller is, a, is the president and currently uh, runs the, the business today, still does run the business. And, but we have three main divisions. We have our wildland firefighting division, which a lot of people will probably be familiar with. Um, we have our cut-to-length division, which is where I primarily work. And then we also have our reforestation division. So planting, spraying, burning, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we try to be a, a forestry contractor that, that can do pretty much everything seedling to stump uh, for a timber stand and, and provide really solutions uh, for whatever stage of, of life your timber might be in. But we, we do specialize more in the, on the cut to length side, we specialize more in first and second entry thinning um, we do a little bit of clear cut here and there, but primarily thinning work is 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 where we're where we're at. Who who are primarily your clients? That ranges uh, public to private. Um, the majority is private, um, okay. large industrial landowners, and but the, we also do small private clients that have just um, kind of you know just like a back forty kind of acreage, just small woodland projects that they own um, personally. And so we, we will do, uh, all of our businesses will, will work with those clients. Um, but we also will do government projects as well. Um, and we've also taken kind of more high profile service contracts uh, that working on jobs that aren't necessarily, necessarily tied to the value of the timber, but more to the value of the final product that we're delivering to them in terms of the service that we're providing. So we can, we, we can work for a variety of different people and, and we try and, and um, be versatile and flexible in that we don't try and box ourselves into certain types of work that we do. We try and think, okay, okay. how can we actually provide solutions and drive value for uh, our clients and our partners that we work with? So for you guys, what are some of the challenges for thinning that might be different from clear cutting? The biggest challenge that I think we see is on the marketing side, uh, because okay. this part of the industry and this part of the country on the sawmill side is geared towards long logs. So the, the preconceived notions about cutting 40 footers or 40 in trim and just running those through the mill, we're trying to break that mold and think about well, what are the final products that are made out the back end of the mill, right? Eight, nine, yeah. and 10 foot multiple boards. And then let us do the merchandising at the stump for you. 
so that you can run those logs faster in your mill. Now, a lot of mills, um, you know, they have to have the right technology inside the mill to be able to do that. They have to be able to merchandise well and, they, and uh, cut, cut boards out of these trees efficiently. Um, and that's really the hardest part is that there's so much more potential for utilization and value delivery, um, but the mill technology and some of the preconceived notions about short logs versus long logs is a, is a challenge that we were trying to work towards changing that conversation and, and um, showing what this cut to length system can do, not only for the land and the landowner, but also for the mills uh, and the products that they produce. So I think that's the biggest challenge and part of that stems from Scribner, to be honest with you, um, because that is an antiquated system that was developed for big logs with different forms of, of taper and, and form factors than we deal with now. Um, and so that that perpetuates the these preconceived notions and these these old ideas um, about what's possible and what needs to happen. But with this cut to length system, we can start having a different conversation that, that is geared more towards uh, value delivery and value gain for all the people involved in the supply chain. I feel like you're making some steps forward. We are actually, yeah. Um, we have been doing a lot of projects very closely with, with mills and experimenting with some of these things. And yes, um, we have seen some really big value gains, uh, like I said, for the landowners as well as the mills and, and for us too. It, it, it really allows us to work to the maximum potential of these machines, um, which in return drives a lot of value for landowners and mills. So yeah, we're seeing it and um, it That's really great. takes people that are, that are visionaries and able to be forward thinkers and, and try these things out and see what works and what the potential really is. Do you guys use some certain equipment to handle your thinning over others? Yes, for cut to length, we run all Ponce equipment. Um, okay. because it, it works well for what we do. It has a low ground impact. Um, we have a great relationship with Ponce uh, for, for after sales support and really value the fact that they stand by their product and help us with what we need to be able to do our jobs. Hi, we wanna take a quick moment here to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress. These two organizations are dedicated to sound forestry education. And this year, the Pacific Logging Congress will be holding its convention in Palm Springs, California. They will have loads of dynamic speakers and they invite you to join them. For more information on this event, just visit www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Okay, back to Preston. So on the firefighting side, um, that is is it larger or smaller than your harvesting site or? Uh, that kind of depends on the time of year that you're talking because mm -hmm. during the summertime when we're in the peak of fire season, um, it, it, it is bigger, can be bigger than our cut to length side. But in addition, a lot of our cut to length uh, operators and as well as managers like myself are cross trained to be able to go out and work uh, on the fire side as well. And oh, okay. that's a very real thing that we do um and you know i've got i've got my fire bag in my pickup all the time and i'm pretty much always ready to go to a fire call 
whenever that might happen. Okay. And that's true of, like I said, our operators as well. So while we might grow in numbers on our, on our fire side for seasonal employees, uh, a lot of our cut to length operators and managers are qualified and, and we'll go do that as well. So, but that's just part of our, our business plan of being flexible and cross trained to be able to go and do those things so that if we have a, um, a bad fire season, depending on how you want to define bad, whether it be lack of fires or a lot of fires, um, we can balance that out with our cut to length side and our reforestation side to keep the business going. So that diversity is what is what we base our business on. So I'm assuming this about now, this is spring, you're getting geared up for training for the firefighters? Yes, we would be. And, and we are now um, with the whole coronavirus uh, pandemic, we're changing how we do our training as far as new incoming firefighters and also um, getting uh, existing firefighters uh, retrained for the year and, and certified for the year. So what, what kind of things are you doing to, that are different with the virus? Primarily, we're taking our training uh, virtual, well, not virtual. Uh, primarily, we're taking our training online. So we're okay. doing like Zoom video sessions for, for class content and encouraging people to stay fit and active and, and be physically ready for fire season uh, when we do get there. And um, we're trying to limit our exposure, but at the same time, maintain our state of readiness and, and keep people trained and, and certified uh, remotely and via uh, web conference tools and things like that to get that information out there and, and still be ready to go. Cool. So I'm just so I understand, how does the um, firefighting work in the summer? I mean, if there's a fire, do you send just people, you fly people out there, call people that are around there, or do you send equipment or how does that work? Well, it all depends on what type of resources are needed. So resources can be anything from hand crews to water tenders uh, to some of our cut to length machinery to dozers. So it depends on what the call is for. And then we will uh, essentially call people and create those you know, see if we can create those resources uh, and get them dispatched. So if it's a hand crew, then we'll say, then we'll, we, we always maintain a list of people that are ready uh, to go and, and be on a hand crew. And so if we get a call for a hand crew, we will start running through our list of people and okay. call until we have enough people to meet as many uh, uh, crews as, as we can that are requested. And then we will you know, if it if it's close enough that we can drive, or if we have enough time to get there to drive, then we might drive. But we have we have flown to fires before for hand crews. Um, oh, okay. It just depends on what the need is and and where that need uh, okay. is located. Okay, great. Similar for machinery, if we have a, a request for machinery, um, we will look at resources either in the area if the fire is local to one of our operations and see if we can move those machines or um, find machines close to our main office here in Philomath. Um, similar, it just depends on what the need is and where it's at. Uh, okay. It depends on how we respond and how we dispatch resources to get there. So for you, you you're fairly new to this job. I understand like a year or so. Is that true? 
Yes, I started with Miller Timber in December of 2018. So advice you might have to the next generation that's considering forestry as possible, the forest industry as possibly their next career, what would you tell them? I would say that don't be afraid to explore different areas of forestry and really figure out what it is you're passionate about in forestry and where that can take you because there's a lot of there's a lot of different places in forestry that you might not know exist until you go out and dig and look for those and and find those opportunities that's where the fun is uh, if you find something that you really enjoy then you know it, it makes everything else about going to work that much better um, so don't be afraid to go out and question what you hear and question what you see. Um, if nothing else, just for your own better understanding of, of what's going on around you, because the more you know, the more valuable you'll be to an organization. So find out what you, what you like, what you enjoy. Uh, go do that and make yourself more valuable. Okay. That's great. I was wondering, you were talking a little bit about oh, the future of the industry and working as a team. Could you maybe sort of elaborate on that? Everybody in the timber industry is connected. Um, and to a certain point, we all depend on the people that are upstream and downstream in the supply chain from us. And, and not just on the operational side, but, but on the administ administrative side, and the lawmaking side as well. That, that has a big, big impact on what we do. And so if we can find ways to, to collaborate with other members of the supply chain and other members of this industry in ways that is mutually beneficial for everybody, you know, the saying of a rising tide lifts all, boat, all boats uh, is definitely true in forestry. And there's a lot of potential for, for a lot of good things to happen if we can work to be team players and, and help everybody else out in the industry. That'll be individually beneficial for parties, but also benefit us as an industry when we talk about things like global competition and markets and things like that. So if we can do that, we can work towards getting there and have a vision for bringing everybody along, then the sky's the limit. Yeah. So do you think there are different avenues for collaboration that yeah, I think I think people just being open-minded to potentials around or potential opportunities around them to do these things because they're there. You just have to look and and be able to recognize when those opportunities come along. So I don't know what the next biggest one will be, but I like to look and watch out for these things and pay attention to what's going on so that when it does come along, we can jump on those opportunities. So I think that's the biggest thing is just being able to to look and, and see what's out there and, and recognize where you can be of benefit to other parties and other members of our industry. Yeah, great. And this is a new career for you. Uh, what is the thing that you might be looking forward to the most or most excited about coming up in the future? I think I'm most excited to see what the future of mechanization can do for the timber industry and, and there's a lot of technological gains that can be made. And so the potential is there on, on operational side, trucking side, administrative side. So I'm curious to see, and I'm excited to see 
what those will do in the future for making our industry more competitive here on the West Coast. Uh, plug for the Pacific Forest Foundation. You're one of the recipients of the scholarship. Um, would you recommend people uh, checking out the scholarships for other organizations or has that helped you? Sure. Yeah, it definitely has. Um, a lot of the networking opportunities and some of the uh, above and beyond sort of things that I had the opportunities to do in school were primarily because of uh, financial assistance that I got through scholarships like the Pacific Forest Foundation and things like that. So yes, definitely go out and look for those opportunities um, because they it, it's a it's a mutually beneficial partnership when those things can happen and they will pay dividends for years to come. <laughs> Great. And I know this job's new for you, but is there anything that's been kind of a surprise to you now that you're knee deep in all this? Uh, yeah, certainly managing people is definitely one that you, at, at least for me, I never got the same type of experience prior to working this job. So it's one of those things that for me, the only way I was going to learn how to do it was just doing it. And you can talk to people and they have great advice and great tips, but you have to, or I shouldn't say you, I've had to really uh, kind of study and figure out what my management strategy is like and how, how I interact with people and, and how I go about trying to get the results I want from my people. And no two people will do it the same way, yeah. um, but that's, that's the beauty of it is that I get to do it how I would want to do it to create the results that I want or the results that we want as a company. And so that's something that it's tough because there's no you know, set of directions that say, here, say this and then do that and then do this yeah. and say that. Um, it's really you have to create it uh, and come up with how you want to do that and, and what kind of manager and leader you want to be. And there's there's all different kinds of leadership. And, and that's certainly something that people grow in as they progress through their careers. Um, but yeah, that's been, that's probably been the biggest, in some ways, it's been the biggest challenge because I can, uh. I can learn machines and I can learn technology. Um, but every person is different. And I have to manage different people in different ways in, in according to what they need as employees. Yeah. And and um and and coworkers. so that that's part of what makes every day so different and unique is the fact that i'm working with different people and the objective changes on a daily basis but yet we still are driving towards the same goal and we're all on the same team so yeah. how do you factor all that into how you manage and lead people is is a is a big task and that's something that I'm sure if you talk to um, other managers or even Lee Miller, the president of our company, he will tell you that every day he is working and, and doing something a little bit different in that respect uh, as he works with different people. Oh, that's great. I, Lee Miller seems like a great visionary himself. Has he got plans for the future for the company? <laughs> he always does. He always <laughs> has ideas and he's always thinking and Oftentimes, uh, he'll kind of surprise me with some of the things he is thinking of. And, and those are just the ones he tells me about. <laughs> so I'm sure he's got a lot of other ideas uh, swimming around in his brain. And um, yeah, like you said, he's a visionary. And so 
you know, he's, he's ran this company for 40 years and there's a reason it's been here that long and, and uh, is doing what it's doing today. So, and that's a lot of fun working with him and, and the other people here that, that feed off that vision and have their own creative ideas and, and their own thoughts about where we want to take this company because ultimately it's up to us, right? We, we get yeah. to, we get the opportunity every day to take this company where we want to. Um, how many folks work for the company? Oh, I would say company wide on average, we probably have, you know, maybe 150 to 200 employees. Now that will swell during the summertime as we bring on seasonal employees, we might bring on, you know, up to hundred or 150 more seasonal employees. So we could be up towards 300 at our peak time of the year, but, um, our, our business is growing. Um, our cut to length side has a lot of demand uh, all across the West. And so we're always looking to, to grow and, and meet the demand that we have there. So we're not as big, uh, this, you know, we, we are bigger this year than we were last year and we just continue to grow. So, um, but yeah, we, we're usually a couple hundred strong. Okay. And I have to ask because the pandemic is in full swing right now. Does this, the company see that as having an impact down the road? We, we are seeing the current impacts of that as a lot of mills are not able to fulfill orders out the back end of the mill. So if they can't sell product, then it uh, disincentivizes them to buy product. So of course, those ripples run up the supply chain as well. Um, so it's kind of like a reverse bullwhip effect. Um, but nonetheless, you know, landowners feel it, we are feeling it, but, um, we're looking at creative ways to, to generate cash flow and, and keep our guys working and, and keep serving our clients and, and meeting their needs. So, but yeah, it certainly has a short-term impact and I think it will have a long-term, long-term impact as well, because the longer we're in a recession-like state, uh, the harder it's going to be to, to, pull out of this and ramp up uh, quicker. So things will take a while to get put back together. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the million dollar question right now is how long is this going to last and, and what are things going to look like out the other side? It sounds like you guys are thinking ahead and getting prepared. So we are. Yep. And so any final um, thought you might want to leave about the industry as a whole? I would just say that that I love working in timber. I love working in forestry and, and working with these people and, and getting these opportunities to use the tools that we have to manage land and, and create value. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I don't want to do anything else. We want to thank Preston Green for taking time to talk to us about cut to length harvesting and his role at Millard Timber Services. And thank you again to our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress. Please check them out at their websites, pacificforestfoundation.org and pacificloggingcongress.org. And if you have any topics you'd like us to cover, please reach out to me at diane at pacificloggingcongress.com. Until next time, take care. <laughs>